Today's episode, I sit down with Noah Daniels of Real Hauntings Podcast, Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories. And I've been a co-host on the show a couple of times. So when I decided to do a segment, the Coffee and Conjuring segment, I knew immediately that Noah had to be one of the first people that I had on the show. Someone who started his show out as a bit of a skeptic and it's really morphed and changed and grown from the the three years that they've been doing the show. And I'm so excited to have you guys hear from him what the show means to him and how it has kind of opened the doors for other people to share their paranormal experiences. And if you don't listen to his show, you have got to get on there and listen. It's so good. And the episode he references in there, I have got to tell you, I went and listened to immediately after recording. And it's definitely a spooky one. So Grab a cup of coffee, grab a glass of wine, whatever time of the day it is. I'm not judging whichever one you want to do and have a seat or enjoy us in your ears while you run some wonderful errands and we talk about all the spooky things. Enjoy the episode, guys. So, hey, everybody, welcome back to Murder and Mediumship. I am here with Noah Daniels, one of the co-hosts of Real Hauntings podcast. And this is our first segment of the Coffee and Conjuring's uh, little new thing that we are doing with Murder and Mediumship. So, hi, Noah. Thanks for being here. Hey, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. You've been so kind to assist our podcast like a million times, whether it's as a guest or a co-host yourself. So, it's an honor to get to come to Murder and Mediumship. Thank you. I am really pumped to have you on here, especially as the first guest of the segment, because your show, I, from what I gather about your show and what I have seen being on it a few times and listening to the episodes I've listened to, Real Hauntings podcast has kind of done what I've been aiming to do with working as a professional medium. And that's been kind of like taking the stigma away from people's paranormal experiences. And I'm kind of, what was the reason behind starting it though? Where did this start? And then tell us a little bit about the show and what it all entails. Sure. So when we started the podcast, it really started because I enjoyed performing with Kat and JJ doing improv. Um, We were all on house teams at the theater we were in at that time, but we weren't on the same teams. And so I was trying to think of a way that we could have a fun project to work on together. I always wanted to do a podcast. I enjoy talking to people. I really enjoy interviewing people. And so I pitched it to JJ and Kat. I knew JJ was skeptical about pretty much everything in life uh, that didn't involve like hard scientific facts. And just knowing our three personalities, I thought it'd be really fun to take a subject that people view as kind of being, quote unquote, out there and us approaching it honestly, you know, from a place of curiosity. We all agreed that we were skeptical in some form. At that time, we were pretty skeptical. If for people that haven't listened to the podcast, we always ask our guests where they fall in what we call the believometer, zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. And when we started, JJ was like a zero or one. I was probably like a three or four and Kat was about the same place. And it's, you know, it's changed so much that the hardcore skeptic on our show is all the way to like a five or six at this point. Wow. Where are you now? I I mean, I'm pretty much a believer. You know, I, I don't know if I would say 10 just because it's still hard for me to accept more than it is believe. I mean... 
I say believe because I hear people's stories and I do believe that they're true. However, it's hard for me to accept that truth, if that makes sense. Right. And what's true to one person isn't always true to another, right? So, I mean, our perception of it versus the reality of it for you could be different. Um, Have you had any paranormal experiences yourself, though? I have. Yeah. And that was one of the catalysts for my interest in the podcast. When I was young, I would say probably like somewhere between 10 and 13, we were playing hide and go seek at my friend's house. And he grew up in a giant mansion in my small town of 15,000 people took up an entire block. It was a very old home. A lot of history, a lot of it not great because I did grow up in Mississippi. So you can imagine an old antebellum mansion, probably not uh, the best history. Excuse me. And so we decided to play hide and go seek. And so we played the version where you turn off all the lights, you go and hide, nobody can move. And the person that's it just has to find you. We're young kids, you know, whatever. That's the way we did it. And we kind of liked it because it was kind of scary because you could kind of like get the person when they found you or whatever. So I'm it and I go into the room, um, pitch black dark, and I'm looking for my friends and I see one of them take off running across the room, which was obviously illegal to do in the game. And so I went, ha, got you. <laughs> and I was going to be a real jerk and like slap them across like the back as they ran by because you weren't supposed to you know, move or whatever. And my hand went right through them. And at that moment, obviously, I realized it wasn't one of my friends. But the scariest thing was the head of whatever it was turned and looked at me and it had like red reflective eyes. No. Yeah. Like a Jawa is kind of the best way I can explain it. And then we all screamed. Everybody, I think there was four of us in the room total. Everybody screamed. We went to his big playroom, turned on all the lights and just sat there in silence. Nobody talked about it. But to this day, did everyone see it? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody screamed in the entire room until this day. Usually I'll go to, well, pre-pandemic, I would still go to like a concert a year, every two years with my friend. And probably for the past eight or nine years, every time we see each other, be like, hey, you remember that thing? He'd be like, yeah, it was freaking crazy. So obviously that is kind of a crazy, well, not crazy for us, right? Because we're kind of in this world now, but it felt always felt kind of out there for me to have had that experience. I couldn't explain it. Other people saw it. I was raised religious, um, uh, you know, as a Christian. So like Southern Baptist religious, not yes, but like the church I went to wasn't that hardcore, but for sure. I mean, it's a deep South, um, you know, church, but so in theory, I guess I should have been like accepting that there were, spirits out there, good, bad, and different. But I just, it just always felt so grandiose. It was hard for me to believe. The other experience I had, I was asleep one night and it was during a thunderstorm and it woke me up. I was probably 15. And when I woke up, the room felt like it was completely filled with light from the storm. And there was a large outline of a woman screaming into my face. It scared me so bad that I ran downstairs, woke my parents up as a 15-year-old and was like, there's a ghost in my room screaming at my face. And my mom's my mom was like, maybe it's an angel. And I was like, and, th- and this is as a 15-year-old who grew up in a very conservative household. I was like, it's not a fucking angel, <laughs> which I yeah. never cursed in front of my parents. But I was like, you know, kind of freaking out. And I went back to bed or whatever. And nothing else happened. 
So, you know, it definitely had some things happen, had some other smaller things. And, and, and I guess the only thing that I really still have now is I get like um, sleep paralysis where I see uh, mixed with, I guess, like a night terror where I see a spider that drops down. That's happened so many times that when it, when it still happens, it's almost like, I know it's not real. It's happened so many times. And I just go back to sleep. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's weird. I get some really, really weird deja vu stuff. My family has both my mom and dad have had weird instances of just knowing that something's going to happen or having a dream. And then that thing happening, um, probably the most significant, my mom had a dream on Christmas Eve that a cousin that she grew up with was very close to was in a car wreck and that his wife died. And sure enough, we woke up the next morning, got a phone call and that exact scenario played out. Uh, my dad has had instances where he just said out loud that my sister was in a wreck. And sure enough, she called and said that she was in a wreck. She was fine. wasn't a big deal. But um, And I've had instances similar as well where I just know things that I can't explain. It's, it's not to an effect where it happens all the time, but it does happen sometimes even where people will, like I'll be in a conversation and I'll get that deja vu kind of haze. And it starts mm-hmm. to feel very like third person where my subconscious is telling me like, oh, they're going to say this. And it's like, da, 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 da. And then I'm going to say this, da, 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 da. And it's almost like somebody else is in control when that's happening and I'm just observing. So I don't know what that is, but that happens sometimes too. A lot of that stuff though, for me has kind of dropped out. I I don't have a lot of that anymore, especially since I got on Lexapro. So I don't know if it's anxiety related or not. Uh, But like many fine people out there during the pandemic, I decided to start treating my mental health a little better because, you know, we were all trapped inside and we yeah. had to really get to know ourselves, which for an extrovert yeah. who enjoys doing live comedy and being out there, that was really hard for me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell with the supernatural. So I have to, I want to backtrack here. First sure. of all, Celexa, <laughs> six years in, I'm with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, but with the sleep paralysis, do you feel that's purely scientific or do you feel like there's also like a, like a paranormal explanation for it? Or would you say both? You know, that one's hard for me because it has happened so much that it just feels like not a big deal when it happens to me. I think that if I was somebody who experienced like the hat man, or I even have a friend that has a, as she just describes it as a creepy man, who comes to the end of the bed and and just stares at her and she can't do anything about it. I think if I had something that was more of an entity and less of an insect, I would feel that it wasn't just some REM sleep thing. Okay. Um, but knowing that that happens to other people, and I've heard enough stories where people have experienced sleep paralysis type events that have led to other things, you know, or... I've had multiple people see things that were spurned from a sleep paralysis event that that leads me to believe that it, you know, it can be just like anything I think can be a door to the spirit realm or the ghost world or whatever that is that kind of connects us to that. So I think it can be a catalyst for me personally. I I don't think so. Um, But yeah. Uh, No, I agree with you 100%. I think that sleep paralysis has a fully scientific explanation, but then 
the other side, it's almost like an opportunity. Like some of us, when we dream, have visitation dreams. They're not really dreams or visitations, but for other people, they don't ever have those. They just dream. A dream yeah, is I, still a scientific explanation, right? I think of it as like a, what was it? Like a, a, a bug, a bug art or whatever from Harry Potter, that one that can change to anything that scares yes. you. Cause for me, I was terrified of spiders and so mine's a spider, right? So I don't know if it's just some asshole spirit that just you know knows our sub subconscious and changes Maybe. into things to scare us yeah who, who you knows know, for the record uh, spiders are good fortune just so you know oh man uh, that big black one I doesn't know. feel like good fortune but i <laughs> to get over my fear of insects i actually ate a um cricket on stage one time during an improv show where we get punishments or whatever it's like a drinking improv show drinking game improv show and it oh, was no, it was dead not. and cooked, you know, like it was one of those you buy in like so, a store, but I ate it. And that kind of helped me realize like, okay, I'm much larger than this tiny creature. I shouldn't be scared of it. Yeah, but crickets aren't poisonous. Spiders are. Okay, I know, but I can't, I can't eat a spider. That's too many legs and I, I don't know, you know, too much going <laughs> on there for me. Oh, that is so funny. Um, Yeah, no, that makes sense, though, because I will have a flying cockroach come at me in the middle of the night. And Mm. that is not my jam. No, hate roaches. Not my jam at all. I was afraid of spiders until I moved to the south and met cockroaches. And now spiders are my friends. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you realize, though, and I'm sure other people have told you this, you've had a ton of mediums on your show. But when you have these experiences like dreams and deja vu and that like third person haze and all of that. It's almost like you're watching a movie of your life playing out for a moment and then you step yes. back into it. Those are all very symptomatic of having high levels of intuition yourself. Just for the record, I'm just going to yeah. stick that in there, if you will. Um, that's what she said. And let <laughs> that be. Um, but back to your show also, because you answered like 90% of my questions just in your... for It's because you're intuitive as well. <laughs> just What can I say? I like to talk. There. Yeah. Yeah, I know. know. Same. It's like you give us a microphone and we're happy, right? Yep. (laughs) But the way that you guys do your show is also really cool. And your Mm -hmm. show's had a lot of success. You guys have a lot of listeners, a lot of downloads. You've been around for how long? We've been doing the show for three years. We recently crossed, I think, maybe 700,000 downloads, uh, which is super awesome and flattering. We have established a base of listeners. And I think the reason they like our show, I think it's a couple of different reasons. I think one, it's what I like to think of as high quality, spooky content. We're bringing people on for the most part that are telling original stories that took place to them personally. Um, Two, we approach it, especially early on from a place of skepticism, but a place of skepticism from people who want to believe. So this it's not a place of people who hear skepticism and they get a little nervous, I think. But for us, it just meant, hey, we don't understand this. We don't know. Teach us, help us learn, make us believers. And that was, I think, made the show or gives the show a more honest feeling than maybe some other um, shows that or maybe just pushing ghost stories down your throat, you know, where you get them, you know, that kind of thing. And I think it also helps that we all have done comedy and kind of like have each other's timing and rhythm, but really it's kind of crazy. So we, we started the show, got it running and may, and it was when the pandemic hit, we started using zoom. And so early on people that will check it out, will see that's a lot of people from Atlanta, which is where we all live. And then all of a sudden we started bringing people on from TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, 
you know, and we brought somebody on who just happened to be kind of hot on TikTok for the moment. They had all these videos of alleged supernatural activity in their home with things flying around, you know, stuff like that. And so we interviewed her. It was a great interview. And I don't, for whatever reason, it got stuck in the ether and a bunch of, we went from having like 500 listeners a week to like, you know, a couple thousand. Um, and it just, we just kind of rolled on from there and we've been able to develop a lot of awesome friendships like you and people that we can rely on to help us continue to create better content. And I think that's the goal for me personally. I just love interviewing interesting people. I think my ADD, I struggle around boring people, but when somebody's interesting, I am like all in on what is happening. And hopefully that comes through to the audience. Yeah. God knows that I can relate to that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That is exactly, again, what I was going to say about your show. I think it does so well because it's such a cool way of doing things, having normal, average day-to-day listeners who hear the content, they know, hey, I can send an email in with my badass story and there's a chance I could be on the show to have this conversation. People want to be a part of it. And I think that's that's really awesome. In fact, a lot of my clients have come from your show and they get so excited every time that I'm on. They're like, oh my God, you're back. <laughs> so it's I, I think it's a really, really cool way of doing things. And it is absolutely high quality, spooky content. It's not just in it for the sound effects and, and the crappy yeah. half written stories. Yeah. And it's that makes a lot of fun. It's funny you say that the last guest was a fan of yours as well and brought you up. I, thought, I always think that's really cool when people comment on you know, guests we've had and, and things like that. And I love collaborating. Um, I love getting to know new people. So, so that's all that's, I think also what kind of keeps me in it is it keeps me interested just having this big wide net of interviewing people from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Mexico, you know, all across the world and hearing their ghost stories and then seeing all this coming commonality within the spirit world that is happening to these people. For me, that's one of the biggest reasons that I became more and more of a believer because one, the people feel really honest and I do feel intuitive. So I tend to, if I believe somebody, I tend to believe them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've had only maybe, you know, we've done like, oh God, I don't know. Don't quote me on this. Maybe like 170 episodes, something like that. And out of that many, I would say we maybe have had three guests that I felt were disingenuous about their experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, you had a favorite story told. Oh, I know ADD wipes it from out of sight, out of mind know, sometimes, right? but yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's out. there was one that I think about almost every day or every couple of days. And for your fans listening to this, if you want to check it out, you can just search our page for Doppleganger, and it is a really I would say if you're into being scared, it's a truly terrifying story. It's the one that 90% of the people that come onto our podcast that are fans of the podcast bring up when we ask, what's your favorite episode? They say doppelganger. It's, and I'm not going to spoil it because it's, it's just a really intense reveal. And, and I don't know if it's because the idea of a doppelganger is so effed up, you know? But it it's terrifying. So yeah, that that one I like a lot. But 
we've had so many episodes that just pay off so big at the end, yeah. you know, and, you and tell everybody what a doppelganger is too. Cause I know there are some people listening who won't know. Yeah, of course. So a uh, doppelganger is well, okay. So I've heard it explained in a couple different ways. One thought is some people believe that everybody has a match out in the world mm-hmm. that is like their copy. So take that for what you will. This was more of a supernatural doppelganger that, was unexplained why it looked like the guest, just that it was identical to her, except a couple things were different. And in my opinion, it was pretty clear that it wasn't there for cake and ice cream. Like it wasn't a fun <laughs> spirit, you know? Um, I think it, it depends on culturally. And I understand doppelganger is a German phenomenon, correct? Mm, I believe that, I, that, that it sounds German. It, yeah. I think it is. And it's funny that you bring that up because that was just something that I fell down the TikTok hole on about the other day. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. when my husband's out of town, I'm like, let's go down the spookiest yeah. TikTok hole I can possibly do because I'm alone in a large house. So <laughs> it's just not never works out in my favor. But I remember hearing that uh, the German version of, of the doppelganger is like the most evil version, hmm. which kind of makes sense because they have Grimm's fairy tales and all that right. stuff. Like they're really into their gore and their terrifying things. But I think that the understanding that you do have like it's almost like an identical twin out there right like a copy a replica of right. who lives a very mm-hmm. similar life and all of that and then there's the evil version that is like the spiritual side that is almost like i i hesitate to use the word demonic but it's more of an evil entity right yeah and we had another one that is probably one of our most popular episodes we had people writing in saying hey this episode made me cry multiple people i would say more than 10 um which to your listeners, they're going, wait, you have this many downloads, big deal, 10 people wrote in. Okay, think about how many times you've written into a podcast you love. Probably never. I rarely ever do. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was pretty significant. And part of the reason is because the story did involve domestic abuse, which I think is a very personal thing. And she was very honest about her experience. But the supernatural aspect was, or one big part of it was that there was a doppelganger in her home that was trying to steal away her child. And yeah, I'm not going to spoil that one either, but um, I think it's something like the ghost lady tried to take my son. I think it's the name of that one, but that one is truly horrifying as well, but it has one of the best endings. I mean, it literally is a movie. It, it, yeah. it was, I remember when we were interviewing her, we all just looked at each other in the zoom screen, like, holy shit, the ending was that, like that wild and cinematic. And I think she is actually trying to get it turned into a script and she's like a normal person. She's not in Hollywood or entertainment or anything, but she just had so many people reach out and contact her and be like, you've got to do something with the story other than just tell <laughs> Noah and the gang on real things. Yeah. Well, so here's my question too. What have you found is super like Hollywood makes spiritual stuff or like ghostly stuff so much more intense than it really is with the exception of like those few stories where like she's got a doppelganger stealing her baby. That's obviously pretty intense. But otherwise, what have you really found through your show? Have you seen that it's more um, it's like less scary? It's not really as crazy as the Hollywood side or more. Yes. It's a good question. I think a lot of times it's lost spirits, you know, people that are mm-hmm. stuck in this 
situation, whether it's like residual energy or for whatever reason, it's just like they're stuck in this path and they can't get out. Then sometimes it's family members that have passed away, you know, and those certainly aren't scary. A lot of times those stories are very uplifting and sweet. The kids stuff can get a little scary because kids explain things in such an honest and forward way that I think just the, I, and we were all children, so we can all relate, right? At some point we were kids. And so we, we know what that feels like, but I think overall it depends on the Hollywood you watch, right? So like the um, haunting of Hill house, I think is it, you know, the one on Netflix, Mm -hmm. there are times where I'm like, are they listening to our podcast? Because there are so many stories that I'm like, this is almost beat for beat how that they have written out these moments on the show. And I think what it is actually probably somebody on the show has either had their own experiences or they just did a lot of research because there is a way to do it very hokey and just where it's just purely built on like jump out, gotcha scares. Mm-hmm. And in reality, I think the scary thing in real life is suspense scares, right? I mean, where you think you see yeah. something and, because for me, the the experiences I've had later in life are more just where it's like, did I see something? And that's it. You know, that's that's really it. Um, so I, I would say it's two part. Yeah, some of them are scary. But I think for the most part, it's just people trying to understand what they went through. And I think they like coming on our podcast because we offer a safe space that makes them not feel like they're losing their mind because they can go and listen right. to other episodes. And they're like, oh, yeah, episode 33 that's the exact same thing that happened to me. And, you know, then they'll come on and and then sometimes they'll even reach out to that person and become like pen pals. Oh God, I'm old. Uh, you know, <laughs> they'll message each other. <laughs> I don't even know if that was the intention when you started the show. I don't think that it was, but what your show has done for people who have paranormal experiences, but feel crazy. I don't know if you realize the the gravity of what your show has done to really show people that they are not alone, they are normal, and that it's it's not some crazy experience that only they have had. It's it's really something that a lot of people have gone through, especially during COVID, when all of us were so much more awake to what was going on around us because we kind of had to quiet down and we yeah. were in our own spaces. Yeah, that has been one of the probably our favorite things about the podcast is when people tell us that as, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, do you have anything you want to leave our audience with before we um, get off the episode or stop recording? And a lot of the real fans of the podcast will say that they'll say, Hey, you know, this made me feel a lot better about who I am. Let me know there's people I'm connected to. This is a safe space for me to come tell my story, which is so awesome. I mean, obviously we're here for the content, You know, we love putting this stuff out, but just as a human being, that feels so good to know something you love doing is helping somebody else, even if it wasn't intentional. It's a really cool thing that goes along with the podcast. Awesome. So speaking of those final questions on the podcast all the time, (laughs) where can everybody find your show? Yeah. So our podcast is super easy to find. It's basically anywhere you can download a podcast. We call the show Real Hauntings. The show is actually titled Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories, because when you're starting out a podcast, you got to learn how to work the SEO. Um, And there's (laughs) 
a lot of ghost podcasts out there that have the word ghost in them. So uh, you can, but at this point, you should be able to just type in real hauntings. The easiest mm-hmm. way to identify ours is it has a blue background, a white ghost wearing headphones, kind of a cute little ghost, which I think fits so perfect with the theme of our podcast. We're giving you something that a lot of times can be scary um, make you feel a little unsure about the world. And then we tell a joke, you know, or whatever it's, it, maybe it's a terrible dad joke, or maybe cats making fun of me, or we're all making fun of JJ or whatever, but it helps it keep the the pace a little lighter. And, and I think uh, a lot of people like that too, because to be honest with you, some people get really fucking scared, you know, and they're like, I had to skip this episode, you know, which is not something I don't know. I can't really relate to that um, because I'm in it, you know, so it doesn't. I mean, sometimes I get chill bumps. I feel scared, too. But I, I can't, you know, I've never wanted to shut the podcast down because I, I got a case of the spookies. A case of the spookies. That's what I'm going to call it when my son wakes up tonight. Screaming, <laughs> you got a case of the spookies. Yep. <laughs> He's going to be so annoyed. I love it. I can't wait. I call those um, student loans. You know, student- <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are much spookier, aren't mm-hmm. they? Um, your does does your wife believe in all this? No, she's a skeptic. I mean, there are things that I take to her from the podcast that she finds really interesting, and there certainly have been accounts where she goes like, "Well, I can't explain that." You know, that certainly looks like a yeah. picture of a ghost. Or she'll say, well, I definitely believe that person's story, but I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> you know, so she's very yeah. much like JJ. She's a hardcore skeptic. Um, that's just how her brain works. But, you know, she is she's spiritual, though. So, I mean, I, I think those worlds do collide. I think yeah. it's just where she struggles with is like kind of the new age YouTube gotcha ghost stuff, which don't get me wrong. We have some great YouTubers that come on our podcast. Um, but you know, that, that just kind of like in your face, uh, with, with somebody being like, and on this story is a good, you know, it's like that, that whole thing, which can be fun to watch, I think is easy to kind of pass off as like, meh, they've edited this or whatever, you know? Oh, one thing your audience should know, because this to me is the craziest thing about our podcast. So we had a medium on, she's like this 19 year old, her name. um, This would be embarrassing. Let me make sure this is her name. She hasn't been on in a while. Oh, I know her name. So we had this 19 year old medium on her name is Amanda or Amanda Ray. You can find her on Instagram, but basically, especially at that time, she really, I don't know if she really even considered herself a medium per se. She was just somebody who, was very in tune with the supernatural world. Her parents tried to have her exercise as a child. And I don't mean gym class. Like it was like (laughs) she was possessed by a demon as a child. I mean, really out there stuff. Um, So anyway, she, she sees ghosts like real people. And at the end of the episode, Kat asked her, well, have you seen any ghost? And she proceeds to tell Kat about a grandmother looking ghost or an older lady ghost between Kat and JJ. And she proceeds to describe Kat's grandmother pretty well uh, down to the smoking of a cigarette. So, you know, she doesn't know Kat's family. I mean, <laughs> that you know, so that's, that's was fun. And we were all like, wow, you know, and, and then we end the episode and then we release it. 
And people start messaging us saying, hey, did you guys hear what sounds like an old woman talking in the background when she starts describing the ghost? And we're all like, no. But sure enough, we go back and there it is, clear as day. It's like a very, <laughs> but female. Super spooky, right? Well, we proceed to get emails and DMs about that same noise through three or four more episodes. And it continues to escalate a little bit. And then we don't really hear anything. And then we're, I'll never forget, we were interviewing somebody about a haunted, um, like, chest where you put clothes in, you know, and which is such an odd thing to be haunted, but whatever. That was the interview. We're like literally looking at it in the zoom as if a ghost is going to pop out or something. And Kat and JJ stop and look at each other as if they just seen a ghost. And what it was, they had heard that lady ghost noise out loud in the room. Now I couldn't hear it. The guests didn't hear it. But it was to the point that it disrupted the episode. I had to be like, hey, guys, what's going on? Because they were just speechless staring at each other in their Zoom window. So they tell us, I go into the editing bay. Sure enough, there it is. Clear as day, the ghost noise. Um, So if you start listening to our podcast, you'll know when you find it because it's freaky. Uh, It still gives me chills to think about it. They had a roommate move. And since their roommate left... And they have the house to themselves. We haven't had any instances of that. Grandma likes it quiet over there. That is wild, though, because that episode that you're describing is one of the first that I ever listened to of y'all. Oh, really? It's it's what got me hooked. I was like, oh, I'm listening to more of this. Yeah, it was freaking crazy. You guys just have such a fun vibe and so much fun on that show. It's very clear that you love doing what you're doing. And you guys just added that new like game show that you're doing on there, real yes. or, or creepy pasta? Yeah, it's, so it's exactly so. It's a is um, is it a real haunting or fake creepy pasta? And uh, it's they're like ten minutes. They're fun little episodes where we bring on stories from Reddit, and Cat and JJ have to determine. We have two episodes. They determine whether they're real or creepy pasta, and then I award them imaginary points <laughs> as we go. I love your point system. By Thank the you. way, <laughs> Thank fantastic. you. Yeah. We um and we've we've taken a break from that uh just because my move I'm just kind of getting things settled yeah. I've been building out this podcast studio we are going to start those episodes back we're actually going to start a celebrity edition where we'll have on people like you and have you face off against you know another I friend of the wait. show and I think that'll be really fun for people we like to get to know each other um yeah. you know and and kind of build out our network and their network as well so uh yeah that'll mm-hmm. be really fun and we're going to actually probably start recording those. Wouldn't surprise me if we start doing it next week because we are getting close to October and we are known for putting out like three episodes a week during October. So time to ramp up. (laughs) Yeah. Time to get to it. You got to put unpacking on pause for sure. My husband and I play that game in the car when we've listened to those episodes. I was like, all right, let's see if we agree or not. He's pretty (laughs) intuitive too. And he's really into all that stuff. Thank God. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for just putting on such an awesome show yourself. I really love it. I can't wait till you guys tour. I know it's going to happen eventually someday, but when y'all tour, I will absolutely be there front and center, like a fool, all excited, like more excited probably than you guys will be just for you guys. Um, I mean, let's not joke around. You'll be on stage with us if, if you're there. You're going to be like a security. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, I feel like you and I have gotten to be friends during this process and that has been super cool. I think we're 
kind of in similar places in life as well mm-hmm. with having kids and just uh, everything else. And it's it's been a real joy to get to know you. The fans, absolutely. I have never received one negative email about you coming on, which which is super Aww. great. Um, and yeah, you know, it's always... Um, it's, it's such a pleasure to get to hang out. So thank you for having oh, me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will be having you back. 